I hope y'all enjoyed that. It was a beautiful song. And uh, guess what? That's the entire of my message. Sometimes it takes a mountain. You know, sometimes when God wants to get a hold of us and we run from God and we're not listening to God, God will send a mouth. That song is saying, sometimes it takes a mountain. Sometimes it takes a rough sea. But when God needs to get a hold of you, he'll send whatever he needs. God much that sometimes he can make our lives uncomfortable trying to get our attention, trying to get us back on that right road, trying to get us back where he Sometimes we get out of the will of God and God wants to draw us back. And sometimes he puts things in our life that when we realize, God, I need you by myself. That's what that mountain is. That's what that mountain represents is God you know, we, we, did a, we, we did something one time called speak to the mountain. Well, this is just a little bit different. Speaking to your mountain, Satan puts in your life. But the mountain God puts in your life, you're not going to speak to that mountain and get rid of it. You're going to have to obey and come to God and ask God's forgiveness. So then God will remove that mountain. But God will put a mountain in our life. That's what we're going to look at. Sometimes when we, like I said, are disobedient, we're not paying attention to what God wants us to do, God's going to get our attention. He loves us so much, He will put you through a little bit of pain, or maybe sometimes a lot of pain, but He's going to get your attention one way or another. So when you first see that mountain start kind of coming up in your life, the best thing you can do is say, okay, God, what do you want? What can I do? What have I done? Sometimes we can do some things we don't even realize we're doing. We are living in a world right now where there is so much stuff going on and so many distractions that's going to try to just pull you away from God. And God knows this. But I want to start out here in Psalms, Psalms 119, verse 67. And this is kind of what I'm talking about. It's a very short one, but it's right to the point. It says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. God afflicted them. He put something on them to draw them back to him. How many of us? Whenever we start feeling what we're under pressure or we come down and, and we know things aren't right in our life, that's when we call out to God. And that's what God knows. That when we get under enough pressure and we're going through enough stuff, that's when we call out to God. As long as everything's going fine, as long as everything's going great, there's no problems, let's go to God. Not very many. But when we get under pressure and we start having circumstances arise up in our life, that's when we go to God. That's when we ask God, God, I need your help. Now, I'm sure what God is thinking, yes, you do. I know I have felt that. I say, Lord, I need your help. 
He says, yes, you do. God's here for each one of us. Whenever we start going under pressures and under things that, uh, when we become disobedient, let me just put it like that. When we become disobedient to God and we start trying to do things our way instead of God's way, instead of the way God wants it done, we're going to come under some pressure from God. And we need to realize when you start coming under that pressure that that's God. And that's the time to go to God right then and there and ask God, God, we need to talk. Sometimes we are forced to go to God. And God doesn't mind forcing us to come to him as long as we'll come to him. Enough stuff in our life and we are get under enough pressure, we're going to start to God. here that has not cried out to God because of things that they've gone through. And a lot of them things that we go through, God puts it there so we will call out to him. So we will come to him. God wants that relationship with us. He wants us to come to him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants to talk to us. But we've got to give him that opportunity. <clears throat> but there are times to get our attention, God will send a mountain into your life get your attention. There are times God will bring some suffering, trials, tribulations. He'll even bring heartaches into our life to get our attention to draw us back to Him. To draw us back to Him. There are times in our life when we may have one problem after another. I'm sure none of y'all have ever been through that though. One problem after another. It just seems like all of a sudden something's there and it just seems like this Always something just right after the other. Well, God's trying to get our attention, you know, because of our disobedience to God. We see how disobedient. God, God says, I'd rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. God wants obedience, not disobedience. We see how he affected Israel. All the times that he sent them into captivity and into different hardships, it was, why was it? Because of their disobedience to God. That's when they would get into idol worship. They'd start worshiping idols. They wouldn't worship the God that brought them through everything. So in order to draw them back to God, God put them in captivity. And they weren't in captivity very long for what they started doing. Oh, Lord, forgive us. We're sorry. Bring us out of this. We'll never do this again. How many of us have said that? God, bring me out of this. I'll never do it again. Before we know it, we're right back into it, doing that same thing. So God will put mountains in our life in order to draw us back to him. And you know, whether we realize it or not, God's always trying to get our attention. In one way or another, he's trying to get our attention. But sometimes when we don't pay attention to God, and we won't pay attention to him until we go through some tough times, until we get into some hardships, or even some pain. And when we start getting to that point, what do we do? That's when we start calling out to God. Start, start calling, God, I need your help. God, where are you? You know, I think God says, I'm right here where I've always been. Where have you been? Sometimes when things are going real good in our life, like I said for you know, a while ago, that we forget that we need to go to God still just to have a relationship, a fellowship, a time of worship. You know, there's times that we just need to go to God. Sit down, Lord, I don't want anything. I just want to talk to you a minute. I want to.
to tell you how much I thank you for all you've done in my life. Lord, I just want to thank you for being Lord, I appreciate you so much. You know, God, can you watch that time of fellowship? That is a time of worship. And that's what God wants. He wants our worship. He wants our love. He wants us to come to him and just pour our heart out to him. If we can't come to God when he wants us to, it's like this, you know. It's just like, uh, you know, I've said it before, I've got one daughter. And if the only time she ever came to me was when she wanted something, that I, I would be hurt. I really would. But when she comes to the house, she'll sit there and she'll talk and we'll talk. She's there because she wants to see us. She wants to be with us. Her, be with us, her mother and myself, and we have a good visit. But if she just come in there and, in the, and talk to us and, and visit with us for a little time, and you say, I need this and I need that. I'll see y'all later. How would you feel if your child did that? No, you want to spend some time with your child. Same thing with God. He wants to spend some time. That's us. He wants to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. And now he knows everything going on in your life. But yet, he wants that relationship when you come to him. To sit down, child and father. Talk with him. Visit with him. Worship him. Let him know how much you love him. Let him know you care about him. See, when we have to go through times, that is when we cry out to God. Sometimes we won't, we won't come to God until we need something. But God loves us, and he doesn't want us to go through life with one crisis after another. God wants us to build our life on a solid foundation. That solid foundation is the foundation of God's word and his promises. You know, you can't get any stronger foundation than God's word. That is a, that, that is a foundation that will not crumble. You don't have to worry about that foundation sinking, cracking. That foundation will be solid from now on. And that is exactly what God wants to give us in our life. He wants to give us a solid foundation to live on. You know, just think about something. If God did not care about us and love us, he wouldn't bother to try to get our attention. But he loves us, and he wants our attention. He wants us to come to him. God understands that we need him. We need to understand we need him. We need God's forgiveness. We need his guidance. We need his direction in our life. We need God. We need God in our life. And God not only created, you know, God did not only create us for just this life here, but for eternity. He created us to be with him for all eternity. It's God's desire for us to be with him forever. If he hadn't, he would have never sent his son Jesus Christ to go through what he did on that cross. If he didn't care anything about us, he wouldn't have sent Jesus. If we didn't care about Jesus, Jesus probably wouldn't have come. But Jesus came to reconcile us back to God. We were living in sin, and without the death and the bloodshed of Jesus Christ, we couldn't have been saved. It says, for there is no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. God gave us the greatest sacrifice that he could ever give, and that was his son. 
God was accepting lambs and bulls and all other things. But God said, wait a minute. We're going to end all this. I'm going to send that one sacrifice that will take care of it for everything from now on. When Jesus died on that cross, that was the last sacrifice that we'll ever need. There'll be no more sacrificing of animals. Jesus is not going to come back and die on that cross again. He's done it once, and that's all it's going to take. That blood is just as strong today as it was that first day that Jesus died and shed that blood. It has not lost its power, and it will never lose its power. It will always be there to save us. And, you know, Jesus came into this world, like I said, to, re to reunite us. He was spot. As a matter of fact, in 1 Peter 3.18, it tells us, for Christ also once suffered for all of our sins. The just, which is Jesus, for the unjust, which is us, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. Jesus was put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Quickened means to be made alive. That's what quickened means. Quickened means to be made alive. It was a Spirit that, that brought Jesus back. It was a spirit that resurrected Jesus Christ for us, to give us eternal life. You know, Jesus is, he said he was the first fruits. First fruits of what? He was the first fruits of someone to die that will never have to die again. Do y'all realize everybody that Jesus raised had to die a second time? Jesus died that one time. He'll never die again. He was the very first fruits. He showed us what his resurrection would do. You die once, and that's it, if you have him in your life. But we have to understand that God will and he can use adversity to bring people back to him. Wednesday I did a little deal on Jonah, but I want, that's what I want to look at right here, just right fast. Look at what he did to Jonah. Look how he brought Jonah back. Jonah was so disobedient to God. God sent Jonah to Nineveh. And he told Jonah, you go to Nineveh. You tell those people that if they don't straighten up their act, I'm going to destroy them. Joseph didn't want to go. Joseph, Jonah. Jonah did not want to go because he didn't like Nineveh. They were Assyrians. And they were, they were enemies to Israel. Jonah wanted the Ninevans, the Assyrians, to perish. He didn't want them to stay alive. He wanted God to destroy them. So what? instead of going like God asked him, what did he do? He ran. He ran. And I might ask that, how many of us have ran from God? How many of us have ran from God? When God has wanted us to do something, how many of us have put up an argument and said, I'll hide from God? See, that's what Jonah wanted to do. He was trying to hide God. Well, he thought he could get on a ship. Go across the sea. Well, God fixed that too. He said, Jonah, you're not going to run from me. You're going to be obedient whether you know it or not. After they got out in the water, God sent a very rough storm. What did it say in that song? Sometimes he'll send us he'll send us sea. Or a storm. That's what he did to Jonah. He sent a storm. 
It started rocking that boat. And it started just the waves crashing against it. Those people on that boat got so scared. Even Jonah himself admitted to them, it's my fault because I disobeyed God. What did they do? They took Jonah, threw him overboard, trying to appease God. God, we'll get rid of this guy. If he's the one that's causing all this, we'll get rid of him. Well, Scripture says that when they threw him overboard, that uh, God sent, some people call it a giant fish, some people call it a whale. Jesus said it was a whale. Well, I, I, where is that in that in the Bible? It's in Matthew chapter 12, verse 40. And, he, and Jesus said, and he sent a whale. See if I've got, I had it wrote down. Matthew, yeah, Matthew 12, 40. And Jesus said, and he sent a whale, and the whale swallowed Jonah. And, he, and Jonah was in that whale three days, three nights. See, that's the same length of time that Jesus was in the grave. When Jesus said, I will send you, the only thing I'm going to show you is the sign of Jonah. Jesus was saying, I will die, and I will be in the grave three days and three nights. That's what he was talking about when he said, I'll give you the sign of Jonah. Jonah was in the whale's belly three days and three nights. On that third day, something happened. God said, okay, Jonah, I think you've learned a lesson. He said that Jonah came to his senses inside that whale. He said, what have I been doing? And that whale, Jesus caused that whale to vomit Jonah up on dry ground. And then Jonah, all of a sudden, became real obedient to what God had called him to do. He went to Nineveh. He preached to the Ninevites. And they accepted what God had said. And Nineveh was saved. But look what Jonah had to go through because he was disobedient. Can you imagine what that must have been like in the belly of a whale for three days, three nights? All that mess coming in there. I bet Jonah was very uncomfortable. I bet he was ready to say, Okay, God, I hear you now. I'm, I'm ready to do what you want me to do. Sometimes, in a way, in a sense, that's what God does to some of us. He'll make us ready to listen to him. He'll make us ready to listen and do what he has told us to do. You know, I don't know, maybe something's happened in your life here lately to get your attention. I don't know. Maybe God's trying to talk to somebody in here today. Maybe he's telling you, hey, you need to make some changes in your life. There's some things that we need to talk about. There's some things that need to take place. There's some things that need to be done. Now, God can get your attention in a different way instead of just telling you. You know, God wants the very best for us. He really does. And that's why he disciplines us. If we persist in a way that is displeasing to him, he will bring us a problem in our life to make us call upon him and to make us listen to him. And he says, whenever you're ready to listen to me, 
Look at what it says right here in uh, Jeremiah 29, 13. He says, when you decide you want to listen, and when you call upon me, you will find me. When you pray and search for me with all your heart. That's when we find God. It's when we pray and search for him with everything in us. When we search for him with our heart. You have to want God. You have to want him. And he's ready to come to us. When we call upon him, if we truly want him in our lives, he hears us. He said, I will hearken unto your call. Hearken. I will listen. I will come. I will be there for you. You know, God also tells us in Revelation 3.19, For as many as I love, I rebuke, or I'll correct, and chasten, or punish. He says, be zealous for me. Want me. Therefore, repent. If we really want God, we don't want a bunch of junk in our life keeping us separate from God. We want that stuff gone. We want that relationship with God. We have to want that relationship. You know, sometimes when we go through some things and we call upon God, God's going to be there to, to help us out. You know, we need to understand that God loves us and we, if we will trust and obey Him, just like his promise he gives in Isaiah 43, 2. It says, then, when we call upon him and we're honest with him and we truly want him, look what happens when we go through some problems. When we pass through the waters, he'll be with us. When we pass through the rivers, they will not overflow us. When, they, when we walk through the fire, we shall not be burned. For he is with us. In other words, he's saying, you belong to me. You're mine. I'll put my protection around you. I'll walk with you. When the devil tries to bring things against you, he says, I'll be there. You all know, we've talked about Job. And Job showed up one day when, Job, when, when God was talking to Job and, and some of the angels. And God asked him, where you been? What have you been doing, Satan? I've been going to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom I can devour. And they got to talking. And they was talking about righteousness in a person. And God said, hey, have you ever considered my man Job here? Satan so said, not a thing I can do to him because you put your hedge of protection around him. But if you'll take that hedge of protection around him and let me at him, he will curse you to your face. God knew Job wouldn't do it. He said, I'm going to give you that shot, Satan. He says, you can do what you want to, but you cannot touch his life. In other words, you cannot kill him. You cannot take his life. Satan did all kinds of terrible and mean and pitiful things to Job, destroyed his family, took, took all his livestock, took all his source of living. 
even, even put boils and sores, cause those to come up on Job. It said that Job would even get to hurt and, and itching so bad, he would break pottery and take the edges of it and scrape those sores trying to get some relief. That's how bad he was. His wife told him, Job's wife told him, said, why don't you just curse God and die? Job, even at that point, trusted God. He believed in God. He still walked with God. He never, ever went back on his faith and his love for God, even after all the stuff he was going through. And finally, God said, that's it. And it said that, that when, whenever uh, Satan left, it said that, that God blessed Job with twice as much as he ever had for being so faithful. When we're faithful to God, God wants to bless us. He wants to, he wants to put his hedge of protection around us. See, that's why that Satan could not get to Job because of God's hedge of protection. God's hedge of protection is still out here. His hedge of protection is still around his people. obedient to God, that hedge of protection is still around us. God's got plans for his people. Here in, and, you know, and we've said it, we've talked about it, but here in, in uh, Jeremiah 29 11, it says, for I know the plans <coughs> that I have for you. God knows the plans he has for each one of us. He says, and it is to prosper you, <coughs> not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. God wants the very best for us. And God can do that. But we have to give our best to God. We have to give our best to God. <clears throat> through some of the trials and tribulations that we will or have gone through, hopefully we become wiser. We become smarter. We become to know, uh-oh, God's trying to get my attention. <clears throat> and when you start feeling that, it's time to say, okay, God, I'm here. I'm here. What is it you need me to do? What is it you need me to do? How, how can I please you? What is it that you want me to do? You know, when we get that closeness back with God, maybe then we can say what the psalmist said. Listen to what he said here in uh, Psalms 119, verse 71. He said, It was good for me to be afflicted, that I might learn your ways. This psalmist is saying, Lord, if you hadn't come on me, if you hadn't caused these things in my life, I would still be wandering around out there in sin. I'd still be wandering around out there and seeing. But you brought this upon me to get my attention, to show me I needed to change ways. I needed to be a different person. I needed to be closer to you. I needed to be more, I needed to be obedient to what you called when you said something, to listen to what you were saying. You know, just like this psalmist, it's important. to be obedient to God for our spiritual growth and life because without obeying God's word, we will wander and wander and wander and suffer many afflictions that could have been avoided. 
God does not mind putting afflictions on us. He said, I'd rather see you suffer for a little while than for all eternity. I'd rather see you just suffer for than for all eternity. God said, I want you back. I want you back with me. You need to be obedient. You need to believe in me. You need to trust me. And sometimes when we go through things, it's kind of hard to do. But if we will remember God's love and what he has done for us, that he's simply trying to get our attention. He's simply wanting us back and closer to him. You know, I just wonder, how many mountains does God have to put in our life until we surrender our disobedience to him? How many mountains does he have to put in our lives before we say, Lord, I belong to you. Lord, I'm through being disobedient. When you tell me something, Lord, I'm going to do it. And some people say, well, how do you hear God's word? How do you hear God's word? Well, the first and the most simple way is open up your Bible. He's speaking to you through that Bible. You can get in that Bible, and if you're going through a situation or a problem, I'll guarantee you, you can find it in the Bible and how God handled it. It may not be just exact, but it's going to be so close. You say, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. And look what God did. Look what God did. And he can do that for you too. He can change your life if you will let him. He can change your life if you will let him. All he wants us to do is start obeying his word, believing in him, and being obedient. And I'm going to finish up right here. This here will come out of Deuteronomy. This is when God was, was approaching the Israelites and telling them, these are the blessings I'm going to put upon you. And he, he named all the blessings that if they would be obedient, what he was going to do. And that's in Deuteronomy chapter 28. If you want to see what kind of blessings God's got for you, read Deuteronomy 28. Then after you get in there a little while, though it changes. It says, when we become disobedient to God, then these are the curses that I will place upon you. But when God starts out, and I think this is what he's saying to each one of us right now, and it shall come to pass, if you shall listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, and to observe and do all of his commandments, which he has commanded you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations on earth. He's going to set you above all your problems. He's going to take care of you. And then here in verse 2, and it says, And all his blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. You can't run fast enough to get away from God's blessings. And if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God, this will happen. This is what Moses told the Israelites. God was telling Moses, you tell Israelites this, that if they will be obedient and listen to me, I will bring blessings on them that they cannot outrun. And you know it says kind of the same thing over in the book of Malachi. It says when 
God will bless us in such a way, he says, he shall open the windows of heaven and he shall pour blessings out upon you that you cannot contain. Wouldn't that be great? Would you like to have so many blessings you wouldn't know what to do with them? God can do it. He said, I can pour blessings, I'll pour blessings out on you that you cannot contain. You don't have room for them. But it comes through what? Obedience to God. Trusting in God. Believing in God. Walking with God. And listening to God and doing what God tells us to do. That's what God wants. God don't want to put mountains in your life, but he will. Until we learn to quit running from God and be obedient to what he tells us to do. I'm going to ask the band to come up. If you're here today, if you've been running from God and you had not been obedient to God, we have an altars up here. You're welcome to come to these altars and just have, have that moment with God. Talk to him. Let him know. Say, Lord, I've run from you. I have not been obedient like I should. But Lord, I want to change. I want to, I want to be a different person. I want to be that new person. What new person are you talking about, Bill? I'm talking about that new person in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creation. All the old things in his life have passed away. Everything is now become new. You are a new person in God. That's a promise. That's a promise. And God keeps his promises. So if you're here today, if you need to just come to God, say, Lord, I want your, I, I want your blessings. I'm going to quit running. I want to be obedient. Have that few moments with God and talk to him. I'm going to ask the band to play. If you need to come up here, please, the altars are open. If you just need prayer, I'll be down front and I'll be glad to pray for you.